1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
0: Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Georgia with a field goal. It's 3-3 Georgia and Alabama with 1235 left in the first half. Three NHL games tonight. One of them in progress. Two more still to come. It is 6-3 for the Bruins leading the Capitals after two periods. And in this day and age, that's considered a high scoring game. In Rob Brown's era, that would have been considered a decent opening 10 minutes. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you, Reed? <laughs> I'm doing well. Now You didn't go to the rink tonight. We're postponed.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to have a hard time finding the rink when they eventually start playing again. It seems like it's been forever.
0: Uh, well, that is a good point. <laughs> Our last home game was, what, December 16th, I want to say? The one against uh, Columbus? It might have been yeah uh, double check it, it was the 5-2 win over columbus was the last
1: home game so there we go it will be coming up on a month by the time we get back into the rink again yeah, so it, it's, it's been a weird weird season and the players it, it's tough on them but i think this is the new normal and everyone's getting used to it but there's going to be a lot of players on a lot of different teams itching to get back out on the ice and play some hockey
0: yeah, for sure. And with the Oilers, you hope uh, everybody's healthy because obviously the, the games they have played since the middle of December, there's always been at least a couple of guys out. So you hope by the time they take on Ottawa on Saturday, everybody's ready to go. I mean, if there would have been a game tonight, McDavid, Ryan, and Barry would have been available, but then they had more people in COVID over the weekend. I, I mean, I joked about you playing in a much higher scoring era, and it all in the eight and a half seasons we've done together, I don't know if I've ever specifically asked you this question. Like, obviously, when you played... There were more goals. The goalies weren't as good. So, like, did you guys talk about goals against, or would you say, like, you know, the whole thing nowadays? Well, it's a it's a three two league. If you allow two goals or fewer, you should win. Like, would you guys say, well, it's an eight seven league? We just got to allow seven <laughs> or less.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, when we played, you weren't afraid to trade chances. Uh, there was nowadays. There's with video, and there's so many coaches and teams. Uh, are, are just taught so well of what you can can and cannot do they know what the other teams tendencies are so they know this player goes this way this player likes to stop and, and there's no surprises and I think that's the biggest thing I mean when I played all the games weren't on television so you weren't able to watch all the other teams play and there's some teams you never saw so when you when you played them, well, I don't even know what that guy does. You'd be someone would say, okay, who's 15? Anyone know anything about 15? Anyone know about 17? And those were the type of questions asked before a game. Now everyone knows everything. Every game's on on TV. Highlights of everything. So there's no surprises. Uh, and when we played, two I mean block shots weren't huge. Right. Um, things along that line. So it's, it's a different game. Uh, there's things that are better about the game now, but there's some things that you miss from the, the 80s. There, there's nothing wrong with a 9-8 playoff hockey game. It's, uh, it, was, it was a different era, but there's certainly some excitement, some skill that we miss in today's game.
0: You talk about the the video. I remember a few years ago and of course, and people may have seen it because when we used to be able to do interviews in the Oilers dressing room, sometimes it would be the backdrop. There's like a giant TV screen in the Oilers dressing room, as I'm sure there are in all dressing rooms now. And I remember the first year in Rogers place, the Oilers scored uh, a fair number of goals on a particular goalie. I'll, per- I'll protect the goalie for now. Cause he's still in the NHL and uh, they scored a, a few of them in, in a similar way and somebody not not a player but somebody on the other staff said well yeah before the game we had all these goals against on this goalie just playing on a loop on the big screen like here here's how, here's a weakness here's how you beat them and i'm thinking like yeah with computers you just put that on repeat like in your day and age it's like okay who's gonna rewind the tape and reset it so
1: well, and that's what it was when he it wasn't at the beginning of my career where they had video it was a few years into it I remember when it was it was a VCR tape. And the, the coach would be up the front. He usually it was the head coach. He'd go on forward, okay, then backwards, then forward. Okay, no, I missed it. Okay, wait here. So to get one spot that you want to see, sometimes it would take the coach five to ten minutes. So you over the course of a, an hour, you might see five different things, where now over the course of five minutes, you can see 20 different highlights. And you can, well, I mean, even... I got buddies that coach uh, minor hockey, Bantam, Midget, uh, I guess it's U15, U16, U18 nowadays. And you can subscribe to a program that you can go on at any time and say, okay, number 14 for St. Albert, and you'll get all his shifts sent to you. Like, this is in minor hockey. Of an opponent. to scout an opponent. opponent. Yeah. anyone. Like, if you go on there, you can find out. So if, I'm, if I've got a kid that's playing hockey in U15, I can sign up for this program, and then I can find out every shift he has. Like, it actually follows every one of his shifts. And you can do that for any player. So I know a lot of the scouts have that now. They said, okay, I'm going to watch this kid out of Westlock. And, okay, oh you know, here's his last three games. Here's every shift he had in those last three games. When I play in the NHL, you couldn't get anything on the other team. So it's a completely different world right now. And that's why it, it, it's hard. Like, for example, uh, another thing, I played in the World Juniors. When I played World Junior, you knew nobody on the Russian team, on the Swedish team, on the Finnish team. You'd never seen them before. You just heard rumors. Now, every single player and every team in the World Juniors, you know something about. You got video on them. A lot of them play here in North America. Uh, there's no surprises. So it's some of the aura of, of, of hockey is gone now because you know everybody. Whereas before, there was always a surprise. Oh, who's this guy playing for this team tonight? I've never heard his name before. Then he goes out and scores two goals or he goes out and beats someone up. Okay, now I know who he is. You don't have that anymore.
0: Jeez, I hope no one's been recording my rounds of golf that way. <laughs> And like, well, anyway, then again, if they were at,
1: searching, if they were searching they for cars, it wouldn't take very long. It's like, okay, seriously, he has a lot of shots. We're gonna have to yeah. get the next that's DVD. Like, Come on, we need another tape right. here. It would, it would be multiple discs, just, just like <laughs> for one know, round. When you, when you
0: get a really long movie, it's on two discs. That's uh, so, <laughs> so my golf game would be. Rob Brown checking it tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, so what uh, are the news items today? Evander Kane. He is available, and I know. Like you and I talk about uh, mental uh, approach for athletes, how teams work, and you often say, you know, the dressing room is a special place. When you're out on the ice, uh, you know, players are able to put everything that might be going on in their personal lives or whatever behind them. They they just go out and play. Would that be po- like? Could you welcome Evander Kane in knowing? you know, the allegations from his ex-wife and the, the faked COVID thing and the, the bankruptcy stuff. Like, is is he touchable? Like, should the orders be looking to bring him in for the rest of the season?
1: I would say no. And I remember when Kane was available years ago and eventually went to San Jose, we had callers calling in saying, the others have got to go get Kane. And at that point, I said, no, this guy is a uh, cancer in the dressing room. This is a guy that there's always something about it's he he he, he takes away from the team he takes it like when you're talking about Evander Kane and the San San Jose Sharks are having a pretty good season considering where everyone expected them to be yet the story is always Evander Kane and you don't need that in your dressing room you you just don't um and what we've seen with the Oilers the Oilers have a a quiet leadership group when you talk about Leon and Connor Uh, Darnell, there's Nugent. It's a quiet group. So you don't want the loud voice to be somebody who doesn't always possess the right decisions, who doesn't always have the team first in, in his thought process. So, yeah, I mean, he's an incredibly talented player, but he's that talented a player. And the San Jose Sharks, who are a team that is, you know, pushing for a playoff spot still a long shot but he's that talented a player and the san jose sharks don't want him the red flag's just too big so no i wouldn't sign evander kane i think he would bring more problems and he would bring help
0: and wouldn't it be something if saturday we're talking about him be, <laughs> being on the team right i mean we you know you never know what, what what could happen but uh yeah i mean just obviously uh a lot there and and yeah, I think I, I think you sort of summed up a concern I, I might have. Like wherever he goes, it sort of becomes about him, right? And that yeah. that could be tough in in a, in a locker room. But I mean, sometimes fresh starts work too, right? I mean, he I no. think he will play in the NHL again. I don't think he's totally done.
1: Oh, I agree. I, I think he will too. I mean, he's an incredibly talented player. Uh, he possesses. Uh, he's big. He's strong. He can fight. He can score. He does all those things. And unfortunately, it's. It's not always just him on the ice. There's too many things that come with him. And again, this is a San Jose Shark. How desperate would they be for a player like Evander Kane? And they have him. They have him under contract. And they still don't want him on the team anymore. To me, that says a lot. Um, yeah, no, it's it's not a player that I think that the Oilers would want in the organization. Having said that, that would certainly jumpstart a team. Whether it be a good jump start or a bad jump start, that's certainly a team that has been struggling. Uh, that would certainly give a, a jolt to the to the dressing room, but I'm not sure that's a jolt you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a caller uh, call in about an hour ago and say, "Well, what if you know, I mean, what if he just took Yamamoto's spot? You know, more shots on goal, more size,
1: all that kind of stuff." Oh, again, the like, there's no questions. There's no question that he, he can play. I mean, it, it it's simple. He can play. He is that good. But uh, to me, there's, he, he's always the story. And the story is not always good when it comes to him. And it's not, I, I'm all for second chances. But this isn't a second chance. This isn't a third chance. I mean, we're further down the line there. So I think that's why it's, uh, you're a little nervous if you're bringing him in, especially if, you, if you've got a strong leadership group. Uh, you just, you know, do you want this in there as a distraction? And I think that's what he has become. And it's too bad. And, it, and the thing is, it's not. it wasn't just the one thing at the beginning of the year. Well, then it became a second thing. Well, then it became a third thing. Like, this is in a stretch since September. There's three or four different issues that have arisen from this one player. Um, so, to me, yeah, no. I think there's other options or better options and, and then go that way. But uh, that's obviously not your right call. Uh, it would be interesting I just think that, and it might, you, 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 whoever signs them, they might get, you know, it might be a good stretch, but then there's always that fear that something goes sideways, and what you've seen is it can destroy a room. It can destroy a team. It can turn a team—a a team season upside down, and I think that's always the fear.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ken Holland's going to speak tomorrow. Uh, I, again, I say, look, to everybody. He's not going to come out and and fire the coach. He's, he's it's highly unlikely he's going to come out and announce a big trade. Though I think he's going to be asked about both those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, you know and and, the, and the, the i've been talking a lot about the five on five save percentage you and i had said all year long that, that we thought the orders were going to give mike smith a chance yeah. uh and mike smith has not looked great this season so i think now the storyline is how much of a chance does mike smith continue to get and is Stuart skinner the first option they, they turn to and i and look i i always caution against well let's call up a relatively inexperienced player when it comes to the nhl and uh maybe not save the season but the Oilers need you know need more saves I mean it's it's very touchy here how this is going to go with the Oilers goaltender
1: well a few things a I, I do believe you give Skinner an opportunity if 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 things don't work out with Smith if you don't feel that Smith is either healthy enough or playing up to his potential I think you go with Skinner first simply because he's already here why give up assets for something else when you've already got an opportunity here for some young goalie to come up and show what he's capable of doing Two, before you start looking at goaltenders, again, the oldest 5-on-5 five five play isn't good. Uh, we go back to the New York Ranger game in a span of four minutes, two 3-on-1s, two breakaways, and a partial 2-on-1. They gave up. They're putting too much stress on their goaltenders. And I think, uh, I mean, Koskinen has given up some poor goals, but there's also a lot of saves he's making in those games that they're just putting too much stress on them. The game that... Um, Mike Smith played and let in six after the game. People were saying, well, you know, he he played pretty good. He let in six. So that means they're giving up way too many great AA chances. So for the Oilers to be a better hockey club, it's not just getting a goaltender. They will mask, that'll mask some of your problems, but that's not going to turn you into a championship hockey club. They've got to be better five on five. Goaltending is part of it, but certainly defensive play, defensive lapses, uh, communication problems, wrong reads, soft plays, those things, those are things you can fix without having to go outside to get help.
0: Well, Rob, always fun. We will likely, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> probably, possibly uh, see you Saturday at the rink. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend.
1: Sounds good, Reed. See you hopefully this weekend.
0: There we go. That is Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst for our Oilers games here on 6.30. Shed. love having him on inside sports and uh he actually had a buddy uh, text me about the, the the video system uh rob was talking about about you know following even individual players in uh in minor hockey to track all their shifts pretty amazing stuff okay seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Alabama field goal they're up 6-3 early in the second quarter it's inside sports on Chet Our hotline is powered by Certainty Professional Grade Building Materials. We'll go there now. We have Alex standing by. Good evening, Alex. Go ahead, my man. Yeah, hey, how's it going tonight, Rick? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good. Um, so yeah, I've
2: I was uh, been listening, and I've uh, thought to a different sort of approach. I've looked at a lot of different of the potentially available goalies that been tossed around for a while and none of them you know seem like just coming in on their own they'd really be in a great spot to succeed so i was wondering if maybe a different sort of look at it and maybe going after a solid defensive addition could help um one thing that i've read was that arizona was looking at uh possibly moving chicken and they'd want like a first round pick a young player and a high prospect to come back the other way and so I'm wondering what the Oilers would look like if, say, I don't know if this package would make sense, but, like, a Broberg and maybe, like, a Benson and your first to bring in Chikrin. And you have a, a 23-year-old defenseman, left side, Four and a half million, I think. But for the next like four years or so, and then your your defense looks like Nurse, Chickren, Keith on that side. You'd have to do something with maybe moving out some salary, maybe if Arizona will take Koskinen as well on top of that for you know a draft pick sweetener. But with only a year left on his deal, maybe that's something that they would look at. But just sort of wanted to get your opinion on what the team could look like if they you know invested in reinforcing the team defense and then seeing how that could help the goalies from there on out.
0: Well, I think that's a really good question. And, uh, quite, uh, Alex. Don't hang up yet. Quite frankly, I think in the scenario you you presented, they would want more than Benson, because I yeah, still think yeah. you know Benson is in and out of the Oilers lineup, so he's a he's a twelve through fourteen forward. They would definitely want Broberg, and they would definitely want a first. I mean, I, I didn't somebody say last week that they're looking for an Eichel like return? Yeah, um, yeah, I read the same thing. I, I wonder if, and I know his name is out there too. He's not as sexy as Chickering. Like, could they use somebody like Ben Charot? And that pushes Keith down to the third pair as well. And maybe you don't have to give up as much there because Montreal is just trying to get rid of older guys, right? And maybe sure, you wouldn't have yeah. to trade as, as much for him. Um, but you're, but yeah, you you made a good point. Koskinen's contract eats up a lot and you'd like somebody to take it. Like if they trade for Marc-Andre Fleury, you're going to have to get Chicago to take Koskinen and probably retain some money. Yeah, but exactly. I, I like what you're thinking with Csikran. I mean, pr- promising young player for sure i but it might even take more than what you suggested thanks man thanks so much have a good that is alex on the certainty hotline back after the news
1: 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 chad